0: Once in Hawaii, I had sex with a 102-year-old male turtle. It is hard to argue that it was consensual. I would like to apologize to the turtle, his family, the Kahala Hilton Hotel, and the 100 or so diners at the Hilton's Outdoor Cafe. I would also like to apologize to my loyal wife, Karen, who had to endure the subsequent news item in the also noted section of the Santa Barbara Woman's Club Weekly. In 1987, I attended a bar mitzvah in Manhattan while wearing white gabardine pants, white patent leather slippers, a blue blazer with gold buttons, and a yachting cap. I would like to apologize to the Jewish people, the state of Israel, my family who has stood by me, and my wife Karen who has endured my 17 affairs and three out-of-wedlock children. I would also like to apologize to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People for referring to its members as colored people. My apology would not be complete if it didn't include my new wife, Nancy, who is of a pinkish tint, and our two children, who are white-colored. Finally, I would like to apologize for spontaneously yelling the word savages after losing $6,000 on a roulette spin at the Choctaw Nation Casino and Sportsbook. When I grew up, the usage of this word in our household closely approximated the Hawaiian aloha, and my use of it in the casino was meant to express until we meet again. Now, on with the campaign. Changes in the memory after 50. (laughs) Bored? Here's a way the over 50 set can easily kill off a good half hour. One, place your car keys in your right hand. Two, with your left hand, call a friend and confirm a lunch or dinner date. Three, hang up the phone Four. now look for your car keys ready the answer is your car keys are in your right hand the lapses of memory that occur after 50 are normal and in some ways beneficial there are certain things it's better to forget like the time daddy once failed to praise you and now forty years later you have to count the tiles in the bathroom first in multiples of three then in multiples of 5 and so on until they come out even or else you can't get out of the shower. The memory is selective and sometimes it will select 1956 and 1963 and that's all. Such memory lapses don't necessarily indicate a more serious health problem. The rule is if you think you have a pathological memory problem, you probably don't. In fact, the most serious indicator is when you're convinced you're fine And yet people sometimes ask you, why are you here in your pajamas at the Kennedy Center Honors? Let's say you have just called your best friend Joe and invited him to an upcoming birthday party, and then minutes later, you've called Joe back to invite him again to the same party. This does not mean you are losing it, or not playing with a full deck, or not all there, or that you're eating with the dirigibles, or shellacking the waxed egg or looking inside your own mind and finding nothing there or any of the demeaning epithets that are said about people who are peeling an empty banana. It does however mean that perhaps Joe is no longer on the list of things that you're going to remember. This is Joe's fault. He should have a more memorable name such as El Elegante. Sometimes it's fun to sit in your garden and try to remember your dog's name. Here's how. Simply watch the ears while calling out pet names at random. This is a great summer activity, especially in combination with Name That Wife and Who Am I? These games actually strengthen the memory and make it simpler to solve such complicated problems as, is this the sixth time I've urinated this hour or the seventh? This of course is easily answered by tiny pencil marks applied during the day. Note to self. Write article about waxy buildup. If you have a doctor who is over 50, it's wise to pay attention to his changing memory profile. There is nothing more disconcerting than patient and healer staring at each other across an examining table and wondering why they're there. Watch out for the stethoscope being placed on the forehead or briefcase. Watch out for greetings such as, hello, you. Be concerned if while looking for your file, He keeps referring to you as one bad boy. Men should be wary if, while examining your prostate, the doctor suddenly says, I'm sorry, but do I know you? There are several theories that explain memory problems of advancing age. One is that the brain is full. It simply has too much data to compute. Easy to understand if we realize that the name of your third grade teacher is still occupying space, not to mention the lyrics to Volare. One solution for older men is to take all the superfluous data swirling around in the brain and download it into the newly large stomach where there is plenty of room. This frees the brain to house relevant information like the particularly troublesome days of the week. Another solution is to take regular doses of ginkgo biloba, an extract from a tree in Asia whose memory is so indelible that one day it will hunt down and kill all the humans that have been eating it it is strongly advised that if one is taking ginkgo biloba to label the bottle memory pills. There is nothing more embarrassing than looking at a bottle of ginkgo biloba and thinking it's a reliquary for a Spanish explorer. So, in summary, waxy buildup is a problem facing all of us. Only a good strong cleanser used once or twice a month will save us the humiliation of that petrified yellow crust on our furniture. Again, I recommend an alcohol-free polymer-based cleanser applied with a damp cloth. Good luck. Dear Amanda. Dear Amanda, this will be the last letter I write to you. I think we have made the right decision. Thank you for your love. We have had a wonderful experience these past five months. I want you to know that our time together will live inside me in a special place in my heart. It is best if we do not phone or write. Love always, Joey. Dear Amanda, I dialed you last night because the Lucy Pie episode was on and I knew you'd want to see it. Anyway, while I was leaving a message, I leaned on the phone and accidentally punched in your message retrieval code. Sorry about that. Who's Francisco? Just curious. Joey. Dear Amanda, I realized that I still had your set of six Japanese sake cups that I bought for you on our trip downtown and was wondering when it might be a good time to drop them by. You can give me a call at the usual number, but maybe better at the office up till 7, but then try the car, or I'm usually home now by 745. I would like to get these back to you, as I know you must be thinking about them. This will be my last letter. Regards, Joey. Dear Amanda, It was a lucky coincidence that my cat leapt on your speed dial button last night as it gave us a chance to talk again. Afterwards, I was wondering what you meant when you said, It's over, Joey. Get it into your head. So many interpretations. Just curious. Oh, I found myself on your street last night and noticed a yellow Mustang that I don't remember ever being at your apartment complex. Is this the mysterious Francisco I've heard rumors about? No big deal, just curious. I left one of the sake cups at your front door. It happened to be in my car. What was that loud music? With respect, Joey. Dear Amanda, this will be the last letter I write to you. I hate to hurt you like this, but I'm seeing someone new. You'd like her. Her name is Marissa. She has the same number of letters, in her name as you. Incidentally... I heard that Francisco had or is having a tax problem. Should I meet with him? I'm over it all now and would be glad to help. Also, a word of warning. Latins. One woman is never enough. Just a thought. P.S. Do you have my red Pentel pen? I really need it. Page me when you get this. Joey. Dear Amanda, this will be the last letter I write to you. I'm quite upset that you changed your phone without a forwarding number. There could still be emergencies, and I'm still in possession of those fancy upholstered hangers of yours. Marissa questioned them the other day, and it wasn't fun. They're probably too dear to you to throw out, as we bought them together at the swap meet the day your mother raved about me, saying I was pleasant. Please come by and pick them up. They're seriously damaging my relationship with Marissa. A good time would be any Wednesday after five, but not after 7. Fridays, any time except lunch. Monday is good, and the weekend, any time. Also Tuesday. By the way, there's someone named Francisco trying to pick up girls on the Internet. Hmm, I wonder. Joey. Dear Amanda, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and I hope you don't mind my throwing this note through your window, as the post would be too slow. The Rockets tied to came from our desert trip. I'm wondering if you'd like to get together for a quick lunch on the 14th. You can even bring Francisco if you want. Maybe I could help him sort out his heavy urology bills. I need to get my letters back from you, and could you bring this one, too? I could bring the hangers, and I also want you to have the photo of me nude skydiving. Can you let me know soon? I'm waiting outside on the lawn. This will be the last letter I write to you. Love you always. Joey. Dribble. Dolly defended me at a party. She was an artist who showed at the Whitney Biennial, so she had a certain outlook, a certain point of view, a certain understanding of things. She came into my life as a stranger who spoke up when I was being attacked by some cocktail types for being the publisher of American Drivel Review. It wasn't dribble that I published, she explained to them, but rather the idea of dribble. One drink later, we paired off. She slouched back on the sofa with her legs ajar, her skirt lying between them. I poured out my heart to this person I had known barely ten minutes, how hard it was to find good drivel, and even harder to write it. She knew that to succeed, one must pour over every word, replacing it five or six times and laboring over every pause and comma. I made love to her that night. The snap of the condom going on, echoed through the apartment like Lawrence of Arabia's spear sticking in an Arab shield. I whispered passages from Agamemnon's Armor, a five-inch-thick romance novel with three authors. She liked that. As publisher of ADR, I never had actually written the stuff myself. But that morning, arising with vigor that had no doubt spilled over from the night before, I sat down and tossed off a few lines and nervously showed them to Dolly. She took them into another room, and I sat alone for several painful minutes. She came back and looked at me. This is not just drivel, she exulted. It's pure drivel. The butterflies in my stomach sopranoed a chorus of hallelujah. That night we celebrated with a champagne dinner for two, and I told her that her skin was the color of fine white typing paper held in the sun and reflecting the pink of a New Mexican adobe horse barn. The next two months were heaven. I no longer just published Drivel. I was now writing it. Dolly, too, had a burst of creativity that sent her into a splendid, spiraling depression. She had painted a tabletop still life that was a conceptual work in that it had no concept. Thus the viewer became a viewer who looked at a painting which became a painting. Painting. The viewer then left the museum to discuss the experience with others. Dolly could take the infinitesimal pause to imply the quotations around a word. She could also indicate italics with just a twist of her voice. Not wanting to judge my own work and not wanting to trust Dolly's love-skewed opinion... I sent my pieces around and made sure they were rejected by at least five different magazines before I would let myself publish them in Drivel Review. Meanwhile, fueled by her depression, Dolly kept producing one artwork after another and selling them to a rock musician with the unusual name of Fiber Behind. But it kept us in donuts, and he seemed to really appreciate her work. But our love was extinguished quickly as though someone had thrown water from a high tower onto a burning dog. What happened was this. Dolly came home at her usual time. What I had to tell her was difficult to say, but it somehow came out with the right amount of effortlessness in spite of my nerves. I went downtown and saw your new painting of a toaster at Dia. I enjoyed it. She acknowledged the compliment, started to leave the room, and, as I expected, stopped short. You mean you enjoyed it, don't you? Her voice indicated the quotation marks. I reiterated, no, I actually enjoyed it. Dolly's attention focused and she came over and sat beside me. Rod, do you mean you didn't go into the gallery and see my painting? I nodded sadly. You mean you saw my painting without any irony whatsoever?